You've fallen down the rock and roll rabbit hole. All right. Welcome to another episode of The Rock and Roll Rabbit Rabbit Hole. And I'm Kevin Gibson. And I'm Butch Bays. And we are excited to be back to talk about another song, another hit. Another hit. Uh, this is a big, a big daddy. Or big a, daddy. Yeah. What's, what is it, Butch? Kind of a forever hit. Journey, Don't Stop Believing. And there you go. And so it's it's one of the biggest hits of the 80s, and it endures. And we're going to talk about what gives it its endurance. Why is this song still so popular after all these years? It has an amazing Four ability decades. to reinvent itself or something. It's incredible. So Four decades. I have no idea so, what's anyway, going on. Without further ado. The tale of the tape. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. All right. Don't Stop Believing is a song by the American rock band Journey. It was originally released as the second single in their seventh album, Escape, in 1981. We were coming of age right then. Yep. It became a number nine hit on the Billboard Hot 100. I was just getting facial hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a number nine. Only number nine hit on Billboard Top Hot 100. Uh, It helped drive the album Escape to number one. Uh, They they couldn't best Olivia Newton-John's number one juggernaut, the track Physical, so they they (laughs) didn't get a number one hit. Incredible. (laughs) Think about that now. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) It's totally interesting to me. In the United Kingdom, the song was not a top 40 hit on its original release, but uh, it uh, reached number six in 2010, following the popularity of a cover version by the cast of the American comedy drama Glee, and has been featured in the X Factor and the final episode of The Sopranos, uh, amongst very many other things, which we'll talk about tonight. Uh, Don't Stop Believing has entered other charts across the world in recent years, following a gain in popularity. In Ireland, the song peaked at number four. At 25 in Sweden after many chart runs, and at number 50 on the Dutch charts. It is the best-selling digital track of the 20th century. Incredible. Since, Let that wash over you. basically downloads have been a thing. Yeah, with over 7 million copies sold in the United States alone. Crazy. So there you have it, the tale All of right. the tape. So before we get started, we're going to talk about our beer of the evening. Yeah, what we got and here. This is one that you cannot find in stores. This is our friend J.K. Mabry brewed this with his buddy. It's called JB's Birthday Beer. This was done in honor of his son Jack's first birthday. And it is a banana Hefeweizen. It's on the label. It says a Bamama Hefeweizen. Bamama. In uh, deference to his wife. angle number two and see what we have there. In deference to his lovely wife. I saw the bananas on there, and it has a a, 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 a certain banana. Well, and when he told me about this, when I went, to, I went to the party. Yeah. And he said everyone gets a bottle of beer and a banana, and I said I've got to go to work, and that banana's going to sit in my car for six hours in the soaking sun. Mm-hmm. We will not be having that. So I just took the so beer. No banana, just so, beer. So I get to so try this it is, today. This drinks to me more like more of a, a like a. A farmhouse ale. Okay. I don't get the banana nice. as much as I expected to. It's not half bad. Not half bad. <laughs> I get a little banana there. Or a something. little bit. Yeah. But banana peel mostly, I think. Yeah. <laughs> banana leaf. Not bad. Soft. Didn't know what soft, to expect there. Soft Pretty mouth soft. feel. <laughs> well, there you go. So, JK, uh, the, the brewer in question, I texted him earlier for the show and said, what do you think about 
Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And I wanted to read his response. He said, you know, I've never done cocaine, but I think cocaine would make that song really good. Without drugs, I think I'm out. <laughs> wow. So there you yeah, go. Well, interesting. J.K. Mayberry, the brewer and father and musician. No one loved. So that's on the side, folks. Let's get into the song. All right. Let's get into it. So I never identified myself as like a big Journey fan. Right. No, no, neither did I. I mean, but... I, I couldn't deny that they made really great sounding songs for the radio. I mean, they made the radio sing. It always just sounded so good. And I can see why they were one of the biggest bands, you know, of the 80s. Uh, you know, I, I mean, they, they were undeniably going to be a huge band because they just made yeah. beautiful music. Yeah. And I had memories of like my junior year in high school. They played in town. I didn't go because I didn't really care. Um, but a lot of my friends in school went, and they were all wearing this, these shirts, these uh, jersey sleeve, right? Always the jersey sleeves, yeah. You know, dark sleeves like, and white, yeah. The next, and they were purple, a like dark purple, really, yeah, oh, and okay. gray. And I just, and the girl that I had a major crush on sat next to me in my science class, and uh, she came in the next day wearing one, and I was just like. Man, I wish I'd been there now. No doubt about if it. Lisa was there. Dang, you know. It was probably a huge event, man, back then. It was. Well, it, I mean, the local band Cooler wrote a song about that show. It was oh, that true. show. There you go. Yeah. So. Cooler. When Cooler. Jenny comes to town. Look yep. that up if you can. Yeah, that's a. Man, they, they made some good music, too. Rock show, <laughs> rock show 85, I think it's called, or 83, or I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, is that what yeah, it is? Probably 1982. But anyway, this is one of the few songs that I actually remember where I was the first time. Oh, I wow. Love Do it, you have any songs up. like that where you sure. remember exactly Jump where you were? Jump around I mean, just Well, there you go. Mind, yeah. That's a great one. But anyway, I was driving, and I believe I had, was with my buddy Dave, uh, driving on St. Joe Road in New Albany uh, to his house. Uh, that was right on the, like the corner of a kind of, it's just a big curve there. We spent a lot of good times at his house, you know, growing up and everything. So but this was, you know, what junior or not, it was high school, early high school. And we, we pull around the corner there. And I think the, the DJ said something like, you know, here's the, here's a great new hit by journey. Uh, it's called don't stop believing, you know? And so we pull into the driveway and the, that opening piano part, which I say this song starts with a hook immediately. It sounds, and, and someone said that it sounds like a book opening. Well, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that analogy. analogy. But anyway, something just captivated me to leave the radio on, stop the car, probably turn the car off and left the radio on, you know. And we listened to the whole song. I couldn't, you know, couldn't really turn it off. I, Four it minutes just, of teenage bliss. It was it was bliss. <laughs> And I just remember thinking to myself, judge me how you wish, but yeah. I just remember thinking, wow, here we are in a new world. Everything that happened before now was before Don't Stop Believing. Everything after is like the future. It's a, it's a, a new, it just felt like a new world to me. I remember, um, you know, I was, I was still coming into my rock and roll self at the time. Right. And uh, I was listening to more underground rockabilly and things like that. And so when that happened, I remember listening to local station WQMF in the mornings. And they had a DJ named Ron Clay. For those of you who are old like me and who uh, grew up in Louisville, 
you probably remember the the show with no name with Ron Clay. And so Ron Clay had this bit when they played a Journey song, he would act like he was choked up. Oh, really? Okay, good. He would, you know, he would just act like it was just so moving for him. And I, I conjured this memory. And uh, one morning, I was I was like driving to school, and they played "Don't Stop Believing." Right. And when it went off, as it faded out, you hear Ron kind of crying in the background. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and his co-host, it wasn't, it wasn't Terry Myers at the time. He had already right. moved on. But oh, okay, yeah. Said, you know, hey, you going to be okay, man? You're going to be okay? And Ron was just like, man, he said, I remember he said, God bless those guys. He said, they're up there singing their hearts out, potatoes down their pants. <laughs> they, they just get to me, man. They just get to me. Just, I thought that was so funny, but he really was pointing funny. out kind of how, kind of how, that song has got that cheese factor okay. that pulls some people in and repels others. And, and you know, and it's one of those things where it, it endures, and we'll get to this, you know, as we go along, but it endures for a lot of reasons. And, like, even, like, I'm a cynical, too, you know, and there are times when I've just thought, guys, please stop believing. Just please well, stop believing, sure, you know. Sure. But at the same time, I recognize, I listened to the song today, and it was in my head all day long. All day long. So that that tells it is one catchy. It is one beautiful piece of rock and roll. Yeah, Yeah. I mean it's well crafted. It's, uh, I mean I I look at it as sort of um, uh, it's it's very emotive, you know, and it's very emotional sounding. Like a lot a lot of Journey songs. That's what they Mm -hmm. they they dealt in a lot of an emotion, you know, and trying to uh, connect with an audience on kind of like that kind of level. And I don't think it was cynically done by Journey or by Steve Perry or, you know, I, I just feel like they were doing well, an honest them, job. Right. You know? And to hear them tell the story, um, you know, Jonathan Cain, the keyboard player, is the one who's kind of came up with the with the idea. And then, mm, right. And then Sean got involved and Perry got involved. And, like, I still say that, like, the best the best sort of phrase in the whole thing is the streetlight people. Streetlight people. So mysterious. It is mysterious. So cool. It's what the one. Image. It's the one lyric you can't quite crack, isn't it? You know? but, yeah, but he explains <laughs> it. If you look online, he explains it. How he was yeah. in his hotel room looking down, and the streetlights were where he was were pointing down. And he was. He would just see people appear and walk through it. It's, it's just really, the people of the night, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's a great image. Well, another thing about that song that I noticed is that it, it repeats words, which is something you don't hear a lot. Interesting. So you know, in the night, that phrase is repeated in the same verse. Right. Okay. You know, and okay. going anywhere. Repeated in the same I like verse. going anywhere. Yeah. So yeah. what a great phrase. Right. Going anywhere. In the night's kind of generic, but you've already sure. you're already hooked by then. Yeah. You know? And this is before you ever get to the chorus. Right. The structure of the song is such that it builds to a climax. You don't get to the chorus until the song is almost over. You get the three quarters of the way through. You get so, the yeah. instrumental first, and you got that, that instrumental that sort of follows the the lead vocal a little bit, right? You know, but it's before you've heard the chorus, you're hearing the 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 lead guitar version of it. And didn't you it's, think that was interesting? It's that really the intricate. lead guitar kind of foreshadows the yes, the uh, the, chorus. the chorus vocal, which right. is brilliant. It's brilliant yep. songwriting. Right. Well, it's brilliant pop songwriting. Well, good enough. With that. <laughs> okay. I don't want to give too much credit. I don't want to give big heads, you know. Well, to um, me, like while we're talking about 
the images of the streetlight people of the uh, you know the midnight train people not streetlight people oh okay right sorry (laughs) good enough but anyway I feel like the imagery is all fairly vague right you know like uh, small town girl all this stuff right. So to me, Sometimes it's like you get this right, folks. It's, it's, we'll, we'll see how we're doing. Here. But it's sort of like a blank canvas to me that you can project your own story onto this or yes. your own imagination. And that was their goal was to connect with their audience. And I, you know, it's like it, that's what I what I wrote on my notes is that Very good. It's you've got small town girl, good <laughs> city boy, city boy. <laughs> you know, and then the nature of the chorus. Is just universal, and yes. I found a Steve Perry quote. He said, uh, "Personally, it's the song is something that means a lot to me. Everyone has emotional issues and problems, and the song has helped me personally to not give up. And I'm finding a lot of people feel that, and that's the universal nature of the song. Uh, totally, and I think that's what's carried it 40 years into the future. That's why a lot of their other songs that were probably just as well crafted." Didn't have that and bigger hits inspiration, right? But open did, arms, correct? Was a bigger hit, yeah. But and, no one goes around singing that at karaoke. But like we got to look at like separate ways. You know, that's a that's mm-hmm. a song that maybe I think it saves the chorus for the end and follows a template a lot like this yeah. song. But it doesn't have the "Don't Stop Believing" you know type that vibe, inspirational. That well, yeah. you think about it, and, I was, and this is something I wrote down too. Is just like. If you go up to a karaoke night anywhere, at some point, a big gaggle of drunk women are going to jump up and sing that song, <laughs> and they're going to screech it at the top of their lungs, and they're going to have the time of their life doing it. <laughs> and it's going to sound terrible, but you know what's going to happen? You're going to sing along. Everyone in that bar is going to sing along. Right, which is one of the best functions of music, correct? It is. Bring it brings us together, together yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're really getting this right today. Oh, you're right. But when we go to the inspirational message of Jonathan Cain that brought in the original chorus idea uh-huh. and, and kind of launched the whole thing, said he thinks it gives people a permission to dream, which oh, I thought was I love kind of, that. Yeah. That's nice, you know. It's nice. I love that. But I didn't realize the, the chorus was all at the end and yeah. the whole song. Like, I didn't until, built, until built. I started researching it this week. They, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and then I went and listened to it, you know, and like I said, I've been stuck with, with it ever since, for, you know, for better or worse. <laughs> so, so with your reluctance to give Journey credit, do you do you give them some credit in their uh, kind of um, uh, discipline to only use that chorus once? 100%. That took restraint. That's brilliant. Yes, that took that's restraint. Brilliant. You got a chorus because like that. Because they knew yeah. they had the chorus. I agree. They knew it. I agree. And so, yeah, they pulled back. That, that's not easy to do. <laughs> it is just a very interesting thought. Like, I just right. thought, man, the temptation to, like, do another solo and come back in, you know, I don't know. Well, and you you also throw in that Steve Perry's voice is just so unique and interesting. It was so different for its time. Yeah. You know, it emotes without even trying, he, you know. And yeah. so that, that added to it is that, no one, well, you've got imitators who now run the band, who are now in front of the band, but they're just imitating what he did. Sure. That no one else was doing at the yeah, time. Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't even know if they're really uh, 
kind of wouldn't admit to that. Sure. They're, they're carrying it's their on. Job. If you look at, like, say, if we're, we're going to jump ahead a little bit in this, and we'll come, I want to come back to the way the band kind of formed. But if you look to the, the time when Steve Perry leaves the band, he just kind of was too much for him, mm-hmm. which I'm sure as big a deal as they were, it could, it could get, problems, well, yeah, yeah and it could get overwhelming. But anyway, so you got to look at Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane and these guys. They're robbed of their legacy then. Right. They can't go out and drive their Lamborghini because the engine's gone. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? For uh, That's not a great metaphor, but I'm just saying they don't have the guy, the voice yep. that put them – you know, that, that is the complete piece that they can take on the road. So I can't really blame them for coming up with, you know, replacement singers and, and the new guy is great. What's his name? I can't even remember. Arnell, Arnell Panetta. He's fantastic. And his story's amazing. He grew up poor on the streets, you know, in the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. And they flew in, they saw him on YouTube and flew him in and (laughs) it embodies the song. (laughs) <laughs> he kept doing it, and now he's the lead singer in Journey. Okay, that, that's the song. That I mean, he lived the song. That's that's pretty amazing. That's an interesting way to tie it up. We I should mean, we should have saved that for the end. Okay, well, just <laughs> just just copy and paste that. Okay, I'll copy and paste it. But anyway, I want to kind of go back. Whoa, there it is. Okay, there got storms, folks. Oh, uh, there is a thunderstorm in storms. Louisville, Kentucky. That's a big one. Oh, that was a pretty big I one. Woke my dog Atticus up. Interesting. Like, he usually doesn't even wake up for that stuff. But anyway, I kind of want to go back. Before we talk about the longevity of the song and how yes. it's come back and back like like Jason and the Friday the 13th movies, you yeah. know, I want to go back to how the band sort of formed because I found it pretty interesting to study the band uh, journey. Uh, I like to watch the behind the music things and yeah. all those businesses, you know. So uh, that Neil Sean Greg, and Greg Raleigh leave Santana, and uh, Santana's uh, well, he started to be their manager, but he was like their guitar tech, Herbie Herbert. Um, kind of encourages them to form their own band. They want to do mostly instrumentals. Of course, it's not radio friendly, right. so they do three albums that don't really go anywhere. Right. And then Herbie's suggesting that they get a lead singer. And so he's he gets a, a tape from Steve Perry, who's working on his dad's turkey ranch. Did you hear that one? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Cleaning out, or like repairing cages on a turkey ranch. <laughs> and uh, he has him meet the band, or like he plays the tape for the band. They want nothing to do with it. Yep. And I don't know how much sway Herbie Herbert had with these guys, but he told them, this guy's going to be in the band, you know, get used to it. He's in, you know, basically. So I guess they were not reluctant yeah. so much they wouldn't try it out. But I, uh, I knew they didn't want it at first, but, yeah. Oh, they thought he was like a crooner. They just didn't, you know, they didn't see well, him. He sort of is, but, yeah, without that, we, we, we wouldn't be doing this. We'd have another song tonight. Totally. He's radio gold, though. Yeah. I mean, don't you feel like he's just the recipe yeah. that that guy couldn't be kept off the radio once he got going? Yep, it's true. <laughs> he connects with, you know, I think men and women alike, maybe especially women at the time, you know, but yeah. we're really uh, into Journey. But anyway, so that was about 1977 he comes in. Then the, then the, the albums and the great songs start rolling in. Yeah. I think Steve was a great songwriter. You know, and so he helped him go. But I heard today he was inspired by Sam Cooke's uh, Cupid. Now, when you think of the vocal on Cupid, uh, you know, Woe Back Your yeah. Bow and Bo, Letcher. Oh, yeah. 
it, it really reminds you of his vocal style. Yeah. It kind of wasn't a surprise to me. But anyway, at this time, Herbie Herbert also pre-mapped out all the song titles. I mean, the album titles. Oh, right. The, the single word. Yeah. He mapped out all the album titles. So what do you, the single word album title, starting with the first one that uh, Perry is on. Infinity. Yep. Evolution. Right. Departure. Escape, which is... The one we're talking about yeah. tonight. Uh, and Frontiers. <laughs> Frontiers. So he had all these album titles written out in a plan, or somewhat of a plan, before songs had even been written. I thought that was kind of interesting. It's, it's weird. They're almost it's all weird. car names now, too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other podcast, folks. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a whole other episode. So then Greg Rowley... Grows tired of the business. Once Steve Perry's on board and they're starting to have hits, somehow he he backs out and wants to leave the band. He's kind of a blues-based keyboard player. So Jonathan Kane becomes the replacement from The Babies, which was the opening band for right. Journey. And uh, The Babies with uh, uh, John Waite. John Waite. Yeah, they had some hits. Yeah. But he had a lot more of a pop sensibility yeah. than Greg Raleigh. Which, which you know, and he brought in the the title of this song for to one of their writing sessions, which he was getting disillusioned in Hollywood, and calling his dad and borrowing money, yeah. and saying, "Should I come come home, Dad?" And his dad says, his "Dad says, you know, don't, don't stop believing. You got to keep doing." So yeah, that's when he wrote that down. He literally had his songbook next to him, and wrote it down. <laughs> Pretty good for future reference. And here we are talking about today. Yeah, just insane. So, all right, so let's cut back now to what makes this so enduring. Before we do that, though, we're okay. going to introduce a new beer to the podcast. Hey, party. This is uh, Country Boy Brewing's Cliff Jumper India Pale Ale. They are from Lexington. Fantastic brewery. Really good guys. I've, I've hung out with them many times. You got some decent distribution going. Uh, once again, none of these uh, brewing companies are paying to be on the show. We have chosen this because we like their beard. <laughs> now, this is a beer you might actually be able to find somewhere. If you're so, Kentucky, especially if you're in you our region. Find this. Yeah. Yes, it's ubiquitous. You'll pardon my <laughs> saying so. So, since it became a number nine hit, right? you know, this song has been used in movies and television and games and, yeah. you know, it's been in... It's been featured in key points. South and, Park, yeah. The Wedding Singer, right? Uh, Shrek movie, uh, King of the Hill, you know, Cold Case C- CSI. I mean, of all things, it was uh, it was in a movie called or called Monster, which is about right. a female serial killer. Charlize Theron, uh, yeah. just a, a a brilliant scene where she's skating to this skating rink, yeah. And really brings you into that time because we were yes. probably skating listening to this at some point. I wasn't. I've got weak ankles. But, <laughs> but maybe the biggest one of recent memory is it was, it was in the finale of The Sopranos. Yeah, that's a big and deal. Literally, like the next day, the, like the, the downloads just skyrocketed because of that. Well, now, now I want to just stop you right there and, 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 Talk to you about how interesting this is. What kind of a... I don't want to fight. What a, we don't have, uh, <laughs> what a paradox it is, okay? So we say this song is maybe corporate rock, maybe some kind of... Uh, what, what, I mean, what are the worst 
things you can attach to it. Sort of a over popular, contrived, sappy, whatever you want to say about it, right? Okay, now the so so therefore sort of unhip, right? But when it gets to be used in the last scene of maybe the most cutting edge TV series of the last twenty years, what well, then? What is it? Right. You see what I mean? That gives it some real street gives credibility. It gravity. Yeah. Oh it gives man, it gravity. So I don't know. It's interesting because you know one of the, one of the, the sort of thoughts that I wrote in my notes was that. You know, my first reaction when you said, let's do this song, I was kind of like balking. I was like, well, right. so what is this like the Wagon Wheel of the 80s? But I don't think Wagon Wheel is going to be still around in 40 years. At least not the version that Probably people know saying. It'll be gone. Right. It'll right. be long gone. Uh, <laughs> and to me, it should be. But and you also can't say it's like the 80s. It smells like King Spirit because that ushered in a new age. Right. This was the emblem of an age. I agree. Yeah. So, what does that make it in relation to other eras? The seventies. What was the emblem? The sixties. What was the emblem? Okay, uh, we're kind of going into an area that invites my talk about the resets in rock and roll in a way. That's uh, what I'm saying about, right. about Nirvana. I don't right. think this reset anything. Well, I'm not I think sure. It was part of it. I think it was a big part of it. I think this sort of expunged the last. Uh, it. it, it it demarked a period where, like, say, you got Cream, Led Zeppelin, uh, some of those bands like that are very blues-based, rock and roll, very Jimi Hendrix, you know, in the in the late '60s, and and but led into the '70s where you have the Deep Purples and bands like that that are very blues-based. You don't think Boston did that first? Well, Bo- like, Boston's part of this movement. I feel sure. like Journey was sort of a, a like a reaction to Boston. Once Steve Perry joins, well, the now there's an argument about. to be made there, but the, these are well, now, well, <laughs> well, maybe maybe you're talking about you know a few bands that led the charge into a an era where rock and roll kind of moved away from that blues based kind of thing and and paved the way for the Van Halens and and you know and whatnot of, of, of later. Well, we're having quite a, a thunderstorm here. Yeah, hopefully you guys can hear this. Hard this to is, ignore. This is maybe the best part of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then luckily, Atticus is now sleeping through it, so we're keeping an Atticus watch over here and make sure he doesn't get too upset yeah. by the storms. Um, but to, to me, this music, this this track, and, and, and the music Journey was doing right then, to me, sounded very fresh at the time. It sounded very fresh at the time to me. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like a revolution, like like a team spirit, you know. See, but, I I didn't yeah. hear it the same way exactly. Right. I heard it as wow, that's right, like a really bright sounding, good song. Well and, produced, you know, well right. Arranged. It just really clicked and hit all the pushed all the buttons and you know. To me, it's like the endurance of it is like almost fluky in that it just is that it's just that good of a pop song. It's just that well written. And that well sung, that well performed, right. that well produced. Right. You know, I don't know that it means anything other than that. Well, and I mean, you're talking about one of the elite guitar players of their generation, the elite, maybe the elite singer of well, his of generation, yep. right? An, an elite keyboard player and songwriter involved, right? Yep. Great drummer and Steve Smith. You know, I mean, 
I don't know. All the package was there. <laughs> so I found a, I dug around and found a story about from NPR, which I respect okay. NPR. Sure. From 2019. And the headline was, Don't Stop Believing Goes On and On Because We Need It To. I read that myself. Fantastic yeah. piece, right? What did you get out of that? The quote that, that some they interviewed some 20-something kid in Richmond, Virginia named Matt Malone. He said, it's like the itsy-bitsy spider of like middle school. You have to know it. Everyone hates to love it. Well, what a beautiful freaking quote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was... Itsy Bitsy Spider's a reach for me, but... but I, yeah, well, I agree, but to, to know that a kid that age says you have to know it. Exactly. That, he was, he's in his 20s. This was just two years ago. But that's beyond the dreams of Journey, of Jonathan Cain, of yeah. Steve Perry. They couldn't imagine... That it would still be talked about, yeah. still listened to, you know. So I've got a fun story. When in about nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine, I went to a bar called the Toy Tiger, right here in Louisville, and it was notoriously known as a kind of a hard rock, you know, like heavy metal meat market. Meat market. You know? <laughs> but I went. They 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 were trying to change lanes for a while. Were they? And, and they had. Uh, songwriters showcase so they had songwriters from around the region come in and play a 30 minute set from like 7 to like 10 nice and uh, Butch Rice played that night and my friend Mo Lochran from uh, Nashville right who went on to appear on the American Music Awards um, she's a fantastic songwriter and singer and so she was there and so when it was over I was backstage talking to her and Butch and I didn't know what act was coming on. I had no idea. So around 10.30, we started hearing this loud music in, you know, in the stage area. And I'm like, that's a Journey song. And, and, they, and one of them said, yeah, there's a Journey cover band, tribute band playing tonight. I'm like, aren't they still together? I mean, I'm like, they got, don't they have like a... You know, I was like, what? Why, how is there possibly a Journey tribute band I don't know what song they were playing, but I went out and watched a couple songs, and I'm like, I was just amazed. I'm like, did you fall this, into the spell? How is this even happening? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, it was, it was just so strange to me. So like, I was sort of struck then that like, I guess Journey's more important than I gave them credit for up to that point. You know, because that was sure. a big thing for me. I'm like, I was laughing, but I'm like, well, it's a toy tiger about that. The fact that these guys put together. A Journey tribute band, and they're touring with it. Well, Journey was in their prime. <laughs> well, they were still playing. Yeah, they had just released an album like, like the same year. So that that to me was like a sort of a hmm, you know, moment. Yeah. Um, so that to me that kind of helps helps bolster the the respect I have for that song in, in whatever way I have it. Sure, you know, even though I don't want to listen to it every day, I still like it comes on. And I'm like, oh, there's that song again, you know? Yeah. But, but I'm like, well, that song's always going to be with us. It's like, yeah, I want to hold your hand about the Beatles, maybe. <laughs> because Pop was, maybe that's the comparison. Pop was already there. The Beatles just went, with that song. And maybe Journey did that in the 80s with the 80s music. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's maybe a, that's the comparison. It is a similar, uh, similar funny bone they hit with that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just a thing that. There, there's an audience to be tapped into if you do it, if you do just the right thing. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, 
I mean, never having been a big Journey fan or whatever, it was just always one of those big bands that was out there, you yeah. know, and, and you couldn't ignore them. But I have succumbed to the, the charms of the kind of music they have made. And I consider myself a cheerleader for rock and roll. And I, and I sort of hate to see rock fans have to divide, divide themselves up into camps where, yeah. you know, I have to, I like this and, and, and I can't like that, therefore, or, yeah. you know, maybe something because it's Everyone popular. Hates to love it. Hates, hates, to, to love it. hates to love yeah. it. See, like I, I'm crusading against statements like that in mm-hmm. a way because I want people to love what they love and to wear it proudly. You know, it doesn't define who you are as a person. Enough with the cynicism, people. <laughs> there you go. We're crusaders. <laughs> We're crusaders. But no. <laughs> so what do we? What have we learned? What What do we want to learn from this? This whole. <laughs> it's not episode. going away. Okay, it's not going we away. Might as well accept it. <laughs> it will probably, but yeah. I listened to it today for the first time in years. I really, really listened to it. Well, you, you I focused turned off on everything, it. Yeah. And, I, and I played it on YouTube, and I listened to it. And I was like, well, dang it, that's not a really good recording. Well, dang it, that's not re- like a really well-done song. And I made note of the way it's structured until to the crescendo at the end. Mm-hmm. And then it fades out. So to me, I know fade-outs are just like so passe but to right. me, a fade out means it could still be going somewhere. Uh, I, I love that I thought. Yes. I always thought of that as the fade out. Somewhere they're still rocking out, and we just aren't hearing it because that's, they just decided to, to. Because they couldn't bear to end that yes. song. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't bear to oh end it. Oh, my God, we're nervous. <laughs> well, I'm nostalgic <laughs> for fade outs as they have become a thing that, that is a thing of the past, right? They're really a thing of our era, you know? The fade out and and I do love to think I do love to think that that Journey's on a parade float somewhere still playing that song yeah, you know, still finishing still that place. right and they're sweaty and tired and old they're like how can we please stop please please we've been going on for forty years uh, news I've got a little aside here that you can cut out if you want to and then uh, post I'll probably cut this out go ahead well, I know I, you you won't I will not. But so uh, they had the, the the interim lead singer was Steve Algeri. Okay, he came in after Perry, you know, finally decided to, to stop. Yes, yeah. he was in for a number of years. Well, <laughs> I was reading today and I saw that he was in a band called uh, Tall Stories. Oh, okay. And I sure. was like, yeah. I had their album. They had you one. Did? Album. Oh, well, there you they go. They had one album in nineteen ninety one. Wow. And I had it. I think I probably still have it somewhere. Cool. Man. I bought it in a bargain bin, some in some music store for a dollar. Kind of a small world moment. And I took it home and played it and hated it. You hated it. <laughs> so I probably got rid of it years ago because oh, I was you know, uh, I would churn CDs back then. But, yeah. And I went and looked it up and I'm like, there it is. Yep, that's the one I remember because I I could vividly remember that album cover. And when I went and looked <laughs> it up, I was like, that's it. I had that album. It was locked in. And I listened to it one time and said, done. <laughs> so yeah, that's my little side aside on this journey whole journey conversation. It, it means nothing, but well, no, it's good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> it was it was fun to to dig up that memory for this. Well, absolutely. I mean, I really feel like this podcast is about memories, yes. uh, bringing me back to that day when I first heard this song, and then really like just sort of you know our our uh, early high school years when this music was ruling the radio and ruling the land. Uh, was was a it's a great time to remember for me and and 
I mean, I'm just kind of glad we grew up when we did, for better or for worse. I mean, we got what we got. You know, we didn't grow up really in the Beatle era. We were a little after that. And, uh, but I, I just feel like rock and roll was, was huge when we were growing up and, and huge when we were in high school. And, you know, it's not, it's not the flavor of the day now. It's different, yeah. But it's quite interesting to see a dinosaur like this song still, still roaming the streets. (laughs) Proof that rock still does live on, even though we've talked about it not living on, but. All right, I think we should wrap this up. Uh, Sounds good. Guys, for those of you who listen, thank you for listening. We want to thank uh, J.K. Maybe for the beer. We want to thank Country Boy for the beer. Uh, please, you know, follow us, like us on Facebook or wherever we're, we are at this point. And if we haven't uh, got to a song that you love yet, we will we will, we will get to it. Go to our Facebook page, and then there's a, just a you know, contact us, uh, send us a song, you know, that you suggest. Um Share with your friends, please, if you enjoyed this at all, and uh, help us find a sponsor. We would love to find a sponsor so we can bring you more of these. Absolutely. All right. Butch, are we ready to sign off? Uh, I, I believe we're ready. <laughs> See you next time on Rock and Roll. I hate for it to end. I think we should do a fade out. What do you think? Like A fade out? We're just fade out the Well, like you fade out. It's you... not the same as when Journey does it. Well, it's not the same as when it's Journey not... does it, but it's when you it's hate for something to end. Impactful. Well, people aren't waiting for this to end. They just want it to end. I think they, most, they mostly want it to end. He kept doing it, and now he's the lead singer of Journey. Okay, that, that's the song. That I mean, he lived the song. That's. That's pretty amazing. That's an interesting way to tie it up. We I mean, should we should have saved that for the end. Okay, well just 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 copy and paste that. <laughs> okay, I'll copy and paste it.